stand and sing praises to our King.
Please sit down. Oh, good morning, everybody. Uh, if you don't know me, um, I don't know why, but uh, there we are. Uh, my name's Ray, I'm part of the leadership team here. And uh, is there anybody visiting us today? Anybody new to us today? Anybody back on holiday? Oh, one person, two people, two people. Sunny Brazil, how the rich live, there you go. There we are. Good to have them back. Uh, so all the notices you need for this week are in the newsletter. And uh, the newsletter is not something you should just glance at. The newsletter is great for your prayer life because if you read through that, you can pray for all the activities that are happening. You can pray for the folks who are unwell and you can pray for up-and-coming events. So do cherish the newsletter, read it. It takes a month for Sundays to get that done. Ask Phyllis. She rings me up, I'm still here and it's six o'clock. That's a long day, you know? That's more than some of you work. There we are. But do read it and uh, then I won't have to keep telling people what's going on. So we uh, come to that part of the service now where we're going to take up the offering and uh, we're going to do that now and you can say hello, welcome back to England. Just talk to your neighbours, find out who you're sitting next to. Okay, let's uh, have you back. Let's, we're just going to pray for the offering. Lord Yahweh, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, the one who cares for each one of us, the one who watches over us. You are the one who gives us all good things. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings to each one of us. Thank you for the opportunity to give a little bit back. We pray that you would bless this money, not only what has been gathered this morning, but for the monies that have been received into our banks by various ways. May we be wise stewards as to the use of it. We pray that it will be used to bring honour and glory to your name. Amen. Some of you will know that I've got really poor eyesight and they've turned the lights off and I can't see the music. So can I have that light back on, please? God. We may be saving electricity, but it's no good if I can't play the guitar. And if I've got to go and do it myself, that's pretty poor, isn't it? Thanks, Fox. We need next week for you all to bring bicycles and start peddling the generator. That's even worse. God. 
Thank you. And it's appropriate because the opening line to the next song is in the darkness you are waiting. So how about that? But there we are. This is the season of Advent and in the darkness we are waiting. And Advent is all about the darkness and waiting for the light of the world to come. And today, as you'll see, the Advent calendar, we've got candles, sorry. I haven't opened the Advent calendar because nobody's bought me one. There we are. We've lit the candle and today's about peace. But it's lit. Thank you for lighting it. In Colossians it says this, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. He came that we could be reconciled to the Father. He came to die on a cross, bearing all our sins, to bring peace. And as I just said, the second Sunday of Advent is peace. Lord Yahweh, in this busy season of Advent, please help us to be still, to open our ears to hear amazing things from you. Let's stand and sing this song. In the darkness we are waiting, without hope, without light. In the darkness we were waiting, without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the
we've been learning I speak Jesus and it's appropriate for us to sing this song at Advent because it comes Jesus says this the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And this week in Freedom of Christ, we looked at strongholds. And it's interesting how many strongholds you have in your life. And you need to be released from that. And the way to be released from that is through the power of Jesus. His name is power and so when we speak Jesus there is power in the name of Jesus so let's sing this song Just want to speak the name of Jesus. 
Shoulders, my soul now to stand. 
going to uh, turn to God in prayer now. And uh, I wrote quite a few prayers out for this morning and uh, the Lord spoke to me on the way here. So I've scrapped all of that because he's told me to. So here we go. These are the words that Paul prays over his family and the church. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may prove what is excellent and you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Lord, I pray that for everybody here this morning. I pray that, Lord, that those words will resonate throughout our bodies. That we will put you first this Christmas. That our thoughts will be all about you. We thank you, Father, that you sent your Son to save us. May the hope of Jesus be born again amongst us this Christmas. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will come again in glory, that all the kingdoms of this world will be your kingdom and that every eye will see it. We long for you to return and make everything new. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling me afresh. May the life of Christ be born in us today. Father God, we just thank you for this season of Advent, a time for us to reflect, a time for us to wait patiently. And just like the Israelites of old, who waited many years for you to arrive, so, Father God, we wait patiently for the second coming. Lord, we just pray that you will come again soon. Father God, we thank you for all the activities that will be held here over Christmas, from children's parties to carol services. Lord, we pray that many will come. We pray that people from the neighbourhood will want to join us at Christmas and we pray that your message will be just as powerful as it was then and it is now and we pray Lord for a harvest of hearts pray Lord that we will invite people to come we thank you Lord for your goodness to each one of us who know you as our Lord and Saviour and Lord our desire is that we will tell others of that great love and the wondrous things you've done for each one of us. In our prayers this morning, we're going to lift up some of our family who are poorly. And we think of Clive and Marilyn, we think of Clive with his chest infection this morning, Lord. Lord, we pray you will take that away. 
There is enough problems in his life as it is. But we pray, Lord, you will take that chest infection away. We pray for Dawn West in the Norfolk and Norwich, Lord. We lift her up to you. And we just pray that you will lift her spirit. She is thinking that she may still be in hospital over Christmas. We just pray for her, Lord. We pray that this thing that is wrong with our ears, that you will guide those physicians, guide those people who are looking into it. But Lord, you can heal because there's power in your name. So we pray, Lord, that you will heal her in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. We think of Gordon as well, Lord, waiting or may have had his pacemaker fitted but lord he hasn't been well and it brings anxiety to the family and we just pray lord you will be with him we pray lord that he will make a speedy recovery once he's had that fitted father god there are many here today who will be suffering with anxiety will be suffering with the problems of the light disappearing so early and they have sad disease and they are suffering, Lord. Be with them, draw close to them. Lord, we just pray for those who are sick that you will lift them up and heal. Lord, we pray for your word this morning. We pray as Anne comes to read it that that word will be powerful, that it will pierce the hearts, Lord. Of, and we pray, Lord, for Jim, as he brings your word. We pray the things you have laid on his heart will be right for each one of us this morning, that we will go away from here rejoicing, knowing that we have met with the living God. Pray for your spirit to come down and anoint each one of us. Pray, Lord, that we will feel your presence here this morning. Father God, we bring all of these prayers in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Is Anne going to come and read the word? She's here. How high do you want this, darling? You know, you can have your knees. Or you can... I'll give it as high as I can. Yeah, there we are. Is that good enough for you? I'll have to get you a microphone now. Oh. No, don't shout. Because you might turn into a little horse and gallop away. Would you like this? You can stick it on your... Okay, I hope everybody can hear me. Good. Put your hand up if you can't. Okay, we have two readings. The first one is a short prophecy from Isaiah. It's chapter 9 and it's from verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our second reading is from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 to 20. It's the supremacy of Christ. 
He, that is Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Anne, for reading that word. No. I'll remove some of these things. Can you hear me, by the way? Good. That's great. It's funny that um, a few weeks ago I, I couldn't see distances, but I had two cataracts removed. Now I can see distances, but I can't see short, so I've got to wear my glasses. <laughs> but that's life, isn't it? We don't worry about that. Just let's have a, a word of prayer. Help us, Lord, to be still and know your presence this morning. Help us, Lord, as we've just heard that reading, that you are supreme in all things. You are the creator of things, of all things. Nothing moves or has its being without your knowledge. And it's wonderful, it's glorious to know these facts. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd come upon us this morning. Speak in the stillness, yes. Speak through us. Speak even through me, Lord that we might know your presence in a real and wonderful way this morning, in Jesus' name. It's Advent, and um, if the first uh, 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 on the overhead, yes. And I'm, um, my subject this morning is um, Jesus Christ, Prince of Peace, and that's in Isaiah chapter 9. That was a great verse, but I couldn't mention all those things because my subject, I must keep solely to my subject, which is, print, which is Jesus Christ, Prince of Peace. Could we have the second one up, please? At this moment in time, the International Space Station is going around our planet. 
It's 240 miles, 48 miles up in the, in the, in the atmosphere. It's orbiting the, um, our Earth 16 times a day, traveling at seven, over 17,000 miles an hour. And the amazing thing is, when Colonel Shepard, who was the first American to go up into space, when he saw what the Earth looked like, he said, it's wonderful, it's glorious. But more than that, when the astronauts went to, to the moon, they could see it better. They were further away from a distance. And they said, it's wonderful. It, it was the first time that we'd ever seen the Earth as it is now. And they just said, it's, from a distance, it's just wonderful and, and glorious. Cliff Richard sang a song many years ago, and he called it From a Distance. And if we can have that up. It says, from a distance, the world looks blue and green, and the snow-capped mountains white. From a distance, the ocean meets the stream, and the eagle takes a flight. From a distance, there is a harmony, and it echoes through the land. It's the voice of hope. It's the voice of peace. It's the voice of every man. From a distance, we all have enough, and no one is in need. There are no guns, no bombs, and no disease, no hungry mouths to feed. From a distance, you look like my friend, even though we are at war. From a distance, I just cannot comprehend what all this fighting is for. And it goes on to explain that although the world from a distance looks so great and wonderful, it's not. And as we come here this morning, we know in our hearts that the world yearns for peace. We talk about peace, we hear about peace. The world yearns for love, and we need love in this world. The world yearns for harmony. But I think, and you will agree, I think, that our world is in bad shape. We live in an increasingly chaotic world. At the moment time, we're going through, the world is going through an economic bad time. There is unrest, there's wars. At the moment, the great worry is about climate change. And uh, David Attenborough, in his uh, book on life on a planet, he gives a, a gloomy picture of the future if we don't uh, uh, come to terms with this. And he says this, the natural world, world is fading the evidence is all around. Now he comes from another perspective as us because he's an atheist. And he believed that the only hope is for mankind. And we believe if we're Christians, our only hope is in our God and Savior. At this moment, all over the world, 250 million Christians are persecuted. Some lightly, some more uh, terrible things are happening. But 250 million people are being persecuted because they believe in the Lord Jesus. I could go on. There's much to say about this. And the result is that man is not at peace with his fellow man. There is social unrest. Nation is divided against nation. War is raging at this very moment in Ukraine, the greatest evil that I've, I've in my lifetime, this is the greatest evil that I think has happened that a, a peaceful country 
has been attacked by a much greater uh, country. And this war is raging at the moment. It seems hopeless, doesn't it? But God has a plan. God has always had a plan. And God has the answer to this world's problems if we would only listen. And this time of the year, we, we, we know it's Advent and it's the arrival of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus came, as John said in the, in the Gospel, he came full of grace and truth and he made his dwelling among us. This God of all glory came from above. He didn't come from within the earth, this planet. He came from above and made his dwelling with us. And I just want to read that uh, reading that Anne read so well to us again in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince, God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace and that's what I want to talk about this morning that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace and this is mentioned four times I want to bring out four headings about Jesus Christ the Prince of Peace the first one and it should come up on on the screen Jesus Christ brings peace by the cross Colossians 1 verse 20 Jesus making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The context of this verse comes in the middle of Paul's tremendous, awe-inspiring words of the greatness of Jesus Christ. I'll read it again. By him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And then we have these words. Christ died for our sins, making peace by the cross. Do you find that wonderful? That the God of all glory, the God of all power, the one who created all things, could come to this world and die for our sins. It's wonderful, it's glorious when we think about it. And Jesus Christ died for our sin, making peace by the cross. He was born to die. He came, yes, he, he, he was the greatest teacher that has ever lived. He did wonderful miracles, but his main task was that he was, going to be, was, he was born to die. And the scripture says that he was born, he was slain from the creation of the world. Before this world existed, this plan was in place by God through the Lord Jesus. It wasn't an accident. His life was not taken from him. He laid it down willingly because he loves us. And why did he do that? Why should a God who, who owns everything, created all things, why should he come and lay down his life for us? Well, the first thing is because we are out of harmony with God. Man is out of harmony with God. Someone has said that man is, and when I say man, I mean women as well, you are included in this as well. Man is a magnificent ruin. Someone has said that. And I thought of that. And in my lifetime, the last 70 years has been an explosion 
of things that the inventor technology has exploded and it's still going on. And where is it going to end? Man has done all this. He's magnificent. And yet he's ruined by sin. All over we see the evidence of sin in the world. And he's ruined by it. And yet we're so magnificent in what we can do. And the Bible says because man is a sinner, he is guilty before God. He is a guilty before God. He's under condemnation because of our sin. And sin has tremendous power over, over men, over us. It happens all the time. and It's had tremendous power to um, do things to us and do things. And the consequences of our sin, that we're lost. We have no hope. We're separated from the living God. But... Jesus brings harmony between God and man. It's possible by the shedding of his blood. That's what the, that reference is about. He shed his blood on the cross that we might be reconciled to God. And that blood has marvelous power, removing sin and making us fit for heaven. Now, I don't understand that. I don't know how it's done. But that's what I, I believe, that's what I read, that that blood has tremendous power in removing our sin. I can't honestly fathom it out when I think about it, how this is done in a person's life. I see the awful results of sin. I see the discord that sin causes in the world. I see the lack of peace all around. And I also see, proceeding from the cross, men finding peace, but I cannot fathom it out, and I can understand it. I can understand really all of us here are Christians, how we come together, how we're united. And God has met with us in the past, has met with us, and we have peace with God because he's met with us through the cross. It's wonderful when you think of it. And William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, who worked in the slums of uh, London during the late um, Victorian age. He saw all the uh, things that were wrong, the sin, the, the poverty. And he said this, My only hope for permanent deliverance of mankind from the misery of sin is the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. I guess 14 years ago, there was a man came here. He was a big man, I guess he was six foot three. He looked as though he'd been through life. He came here and he told his testimony. He said that uh, he was a violent man. He said that he lived for violence. He went to football matches and his only intent was to cause trouble and fight with the opposing uh, fans. He was a drug addict. He went to prison many times. And then, such was his lifestyle, he began living on a park bench in a, in a park. And some Christians came along and used to chase them away. They wanted to help him, but he just chased them away. And gradually his life began to uh, get worse and worse, and in the end he en ended up in hospital with septicemia, that's blood poisoning. And it got so bad that uh, he had to go on a life support machine and in the end they were going to turn that life support off. 
And then these Christians came to the hospital and asked if they could pray with him. And they prayed with him. And God healed that man. And that man became a Christian. That man at this present time is working in the northeast. He's a gentle giant. It's wonderful to, to see how God dealt with him. Jesus, by his death on the cross, make peace with individuals in their lives. And I just must have a drink. If I can undo this. Secondly, Jesus Christ gives peace with God. I hope that's coming up. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification, that's a big word. I haven't swallowed a dictionary. When I was first uh, became a Christian, um, we had a marvelous Bible teacher. And this word came up, I remember, and I said, I asked the question, what's justification? And he said this, he said, the best way to understand justification is to say just as if I've never sinned. That's basically what it means. And Paul um, said this, makes it a little uh, clear, I think. God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sinned for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. It all happened on the cross. Our sin was laid on Jesus on the cross. And he became sin. He literally became sin and God judged sin on the cross. And, it, and we, if we put our trust in him, we become the righteousness of God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that glorious? And the benefits of justification is that it's wonderful because it brings peace with God. We're no longer under, under condemnation. We're free. We're, it's glorious and wonderful. It's glorious because we have forgiveness of sins. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. He blots them out. He remembers them no more. A God of, of is just, a God who is holy because of Jesus Christ on the cross. He remembers our sin no more. He blots them out. It's powerful. <clears throat> our salvation is absolute. Our salvation is complete and final. Nothing can rob us of, of our salvation. Once we trust in the Lord Jesus, nothing can rob us of our salvation. Paul said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's powerful. It's also comforting. It assures us of eternal life. Once we were doomed for hell, once we were doomed because we were separated from God, but now it's comforting because we have eternal life in and through the Lord Jesus. The miracle of God's love, the miracle of God's grace, the miracle of God's mercy is that God, he can make the past as though it had never been. 
I think that's wonderful what God has done for us. Jesus Christ gives peace with God. And then thirdly, Jesus Christ gives us the peace of God. Peace with God, the peace of God. Philippians 4 verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Peace which passes all understanding. This uh, peace was with Jesus. Nothing could account for it, really. He made no provision against the future. He had no insurance policy. He just lived a life in peace. He had no settled home. He went about all, uh, preaching and teaching and healing the sick. There was no settled home. There was no plan for his old age. He was not surrounded by friends. He had friends, but he wasn't surrounded from by friends all the time. He owned nothing. He relied on the kindness of others. That peace which passes all understanding. And Jesus comes to us as the Lord's people. And he wants us to be reconciled to him, to know that peace. And in a, fa in, in a sense, he makes a revolutionary statement to change. He says, don't worry. And I, when I think of that, I think, well, we're always worrying. We're prone to worry. There's so much happening. We've, we've got to worry about something. Then he says, do not be anxious about anything. It goes beyond our understanding until we know our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. As I've mentioned when I started, we live in anxious times. The cost of uh, living, the crisis is going up all the time. Petrol prices are coming down now, but they went up tremendously earlier on. Supermarket prices are going up. Rocketing energy is, uh, is a problem for all of us. But in a crumbling world, we need the peace of God flooding our lives so that we are at peace with God. We need Christ and his teaching. We need to understand God's word and live it and, and, uh, and enjoy what God has said. We need the Holy Spirit's help to help us through times of trouble, through times of stress, when things are difficult. We need God's word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We need all these things to help us through uh, the crisis and the circumstance of life. I want to tell you something personal, and I haven't told Rita about this, uh, that I'm going to mention this, but um, on January the 3rd of this year, we were walking in the town, and suddenly Rita tripped. She didn't trip over anything, she just tripped, and this happens sometimes. And from that moment, that became the most difficult time of our marriage since we've been married. She fractured a, a shoulder in two places. She had to, obviously, she had to go to hospital, and while she was in hospital, she developed pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas, which led to a clot on the lung and she was in intensive care for five days 
and uh, she came out of hospital the 28th of January. But that was only the start of it, because pancreatitis, anyone has pancreatitis here? It's a, it's a really painful illness. And uh, for six months, Rita struggled with this, this illness. And there were three things that uh, she was um, struggling with, three things that I prayed for, pain, which was pancreatitis. She was losing her hair because of the trauma that she'd been through. And she lost weight. She lost a stone in weight. And I was praying that these things might be restored. But earlier on, when I prayed and she was in intensive care, I couldn't visit her because of the uh, COVID, I felt a wonderful peace came into my life while I was praying. And I think the Lord reminded me of the verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3, You will keep in perfect peace, whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. And I was in peace. I was concerned, yes. I um, prayed. But I was in peace when I was praying. And pain is largely gone now. Her hair loss has recovered, and she's back to her normal hair, and her weight is back to normal. It's all, of, it's all of, of God, what God has done. He has restored what she lost. There was a man by the name of Horatia Stratford and his family, and they were, and four children, and they, 150 years ago, they were coming to this, to, I think, the Europe, and Erasure, he stayed behind to tie up loose ends while uh, his wife and the four children went to Europe. They were near to their destination, and the ship collided with another ship, and the ship sunk. All four children died. And Erasure, through his loss and sorrow, sorrow he wrote this hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot you have taught me to say, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Whatever circumstances of life, whatever life we're in, whatever the situation, Jesus Christ gives us the peace of God. Then fourthly, and this is all for the future, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, God's ultimate goal for the future. But before this happens, I just want to, I just want to remind you that uh, we're part of this. We're going to be with, with the Lord Jesus when this happens. And before that happens, something more wonderful and for us is going to happen. Paul said this, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, those who are alive will also be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. One day, it could be come tonight, it could come any time, there'll be a trumpet sound. 
There'll be a, a call of the angel. And those who have died will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And those of us, if we're still alive, will be caught up simultaneously to meet the Lord in the air. And we will be ever with the Lord. It goes further than that because the Bible says as Christians, we will reign with him. And we will reign with him while he is in charge of all things. While he is uh, having this... Uh, 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 peace with this world he will do this and we will be in charge of that and with him and um, and God's plan and purpose is to fill the earth with peace in the future and Isaiah chapter 2 verse 4 says that the, the Old Testament is full of this but the the old um, verse 4 chapter 2 verse 4 it says this they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. These words, but the, I didn't know this until recently, these words are engraved on the wall in a park across the street from the United Nations building in New York. And with all the talk that's been going on over the, the, the years, with all the efforts made for peace, with all the meetings for peace, the United Nations have utterly failed. But when Christ comes again, when Christ sets up his kingdom, when we are reigning with him, war will be utterly unknown during the earthly reign of Christ. There'll be no uh, worry about the loss of biodiversity, no concern about rising sea levels or loss of rainforests, no plagues, famines, droughts, floods, or forest fires. Everything will be peaceful. And when Jesus comes again, he will be King of kings and Lord of lords. On that, the day that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess him as Lord and Savior. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that glorious? And that's our future. It's wonderful. And we need and I'm nearly closed, we need to prepare our hearts now by installing him as king of our lives. Many of you have, but there might be one or two here who, who realize that um, Jesus is not your savior. We need now to install him as king of our lives. Everything is centered on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ brings peace by the cross. Do you know him? Jesus Christ brings peace with God. Have you peace with him right now? Jesus Christ gives the peace of God. Do we know that peace in circumstances of life? And Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Is he your hope for the future? All these things are wrapped up in the Lord Jesus. It's wonderful, it's glorious, and we should praise our God for all that he's done for us. Let's pray together. Lord, it's wonderful what you've done for us. I realize that we do not understand all that's going to happen, all that has happened. It's difficult to understand, and all these things will be revealed in, in heaven. But I just want to thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. And help us, Lord, to give our lives afresh to you this morning. And Lord, if there's anyone here who do not know you, Lord, Help them to think about who you are and what you've done for them in the Lord Jesus. 
Amen. We want to sing our last song, but um, if you want prayer, then there's a, an opportunity to go. And, and if there's anything you don't understand what I've said, then ask people, and they will gladly let you know what, um, what uh, all these things mean. These, some of these things have been deep this morning. Hard to understand, but uh, just ask if you don't understand what's, what's been said. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Just to add to what Jim's just said, that statue that's across the way from the United Nations building, um, it was presented to the United Nations by the USSR. Just how shallow they think the words of God are today. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We're going to end our time today with singing What a Beautiful Name.
Bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>